One of the gifts of this season has been we've been able to hear from different voices and we had Bishop Todd with us last week. But even when we're not distanced and doing church in a virtual way, we still have a high value at Trinity of hearing from other voices in our community and working in other preachers. And that's something we want to continue to do over the coming weeks. And you'll hear from other voices, even from within our North Side leadership community in the coming weeks. But today we are joining with the West Side and welcoming Ashley Matthews, who is the Westside education pastor to bring a powerful word to us from today's reading. And so we now want to say a quick word of prayer and then we will hand it over to Ashley. And so would you join me as we pray? Father, we thank you for the gift of your word that when we gather as your people, even from a distance virtually, you promise to be with us when two or three are gathered in your name. And so we do join our hearts to one another, and more importantly, we join them to you and ask that through Ashley's words, you would today speak to us in ways that we each need to hear, that we would be deepened in our faith, strengthened in our resolve to follow you, that you would make us courageous in this Easter season to, with great joy, celebrate the resurrection and that that joy would inspire the way in which we live day in and day out in countless ways. And so now lead us as we follow, we pray in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Trinity. My name is Ashley Matthews, one of the pastors here at Trinity. We're so glad to have you all with us today. I want to give a warm word of welcome to those of you who are joining us from St. Peter's in South Carolina. Uh, We love all of you. We're glad to have you with us as well as our wider Trinity family. I also want to make mention of the fact that today is, of course, Mother's Day. Uh, so a word of blessing to those of you who are celebrating uh, your moms, to those of you who are mothers. We're thankful for you. I also think that today is a really good day to remember that uh, we belong, those of us who are Christian, to a wide family of faith, which means while we may not all have the opportunity to become biological mothers and fathers, we do have the opportunity, maybe even the responsibility, to become spiritual mothers and fathers. And so if you have someone uh, in your life, some woman of faith who has raised you in the Lord, been an encouragement to you, today might be a particularly fitting day uh, to remember her or to reach out and and say thanks. All right, if you have Bibles, we're going to be in John chapter 14. Uh, We'll read together and then we'll pray. These are the words of Jesus. We'll start in verse 1. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, We do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am the Father and the Father is in me? 
The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. And in fact, will do greater works than these because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, we are thankful today, maybe especially today in times like these that are in so many ways, um, Lord, uncertain. Lord, there are many of us who no doubt as a result feel adrift, a bit lost. And so we thank you, God, for the gift of your word, which comes to us, Lord, like rock beneath our feet. So I'm going to ask you, Holy Spirit, lay hands of peace on us to still us. And we, we ask you, Lord, we take up the prayer of the psalmist and make it our own. Lord, will you lead us to the rock that is higher than we are? Steady us, Lord, and help us to see. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This conversation that Jesus is having with the disciples is an important one. Um, of course, no doubt they were they were all important, but um, in this conversation in particular, Jesus is attempting to comfort and reassure his disciples in light of the fact that he knows that he's going uh, to the Father, that he will, um, in some effects, be leaving them. Um, and so he, he's saying to them, yes, he's going away, um, he's returning to the Father, but they don't need to be afraid because he's going to be working on their behalf, which means that there'll be a sense of connection. He hasn't forgotten them. Um, and he's going to, of course, return for them. Then he goes on to say even further, and because you know where I'm going, you you know the way. You'll always be able to find me. You know the way to where I am. And almost as if he kind of hits a, a nerve, uh, Thomas asks a question in response to I that last statement in particular of Jesus. And this question, I think, is a really important one because in some ways I think it reflects um, something that we've all felt probably at, at some time, something that's like deeply human, which is, of course, this fear of, of being lost, of having a sense of our lives, you know, ought to be going somewhere, but not knowing like, how to get them there. So we feel... Many of us have felt at least at some point lost with respect to like our purpose or our work or who we should be. And I hear some of that in, in the question that Thomas, Thomas is asking Jesus. And so what I would like for us to do with the time that we have, um, in light of this current moment, it seems particularly fitting to focus our time on Thomas's question. There's a lot going on in this passage, a lot I wish we had time to respond to. But given the fact that we don't, I want us to put ourselves sort of in this moment with Jesus and Thomas and take up this question as if it were our own. And then maybe more importantly, try to hear what it is that Jesus is saying, not only to Thomas, but to us by extension, what it means for us to, to know the way to where we're meant to be or where we're supposed to go. 
So Thomas asks, um, literally, what he says to Jesus is, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And you have to remember, the disciples have at this point spent a lot of time with Jesus. They've been following him literally for a long time. Um, So when Jesus says go, that's when they go, and they go where he says um, to go. We go to that city, um, that's where we go. If Jesus says stay, uh, we stay. And so they'd become um, dependent, naturally dependent, on looking to Jesus for their sense of direction. And so what I think Thomas is uh, responding to, uh, the question really that he's asking is, Lord, if we lose our direction giver, if we lose access um, to kind of like our signposts, the thing that has helped guide us on how are we going to how are we going to know where to go? And again, I think this is really speaking to one of our core fears as people is that we all have this sense that we want our lives to go somewhere. There's something that we're meant to be doing. I've been watching the uh, Michael Jordan documentary for the last several weeks, like everyone else in America, and um, it's really good. But it's made very clear the fact that we as a culture are sort of obsessed with this idea of destiny, that we're made for something and meant to be doing something. And that feeling is what is what drives us. And as a result, we end up um, having a tendency to look to our circumstances or our abilities and things we're good at, our skills, um, our assets, even the people around us to give us sort of our, our sense of assurance and, and even direction in life about who we are and, and where we're meant uh, to be going. But the reality is, um, in this in this moment, at a time like this, many of us have lost access to some of those things. Our direction givers, um, they've been taken away. We've lost jobs. Um, we've lost access to our people. Um, our abilities seem to be failing us. We don't have anything to do with them. Um, and the net result of having lost all of those sort of external uh, signposts is a sort of net result of, of feeling adrift, kind of overall sense of a loss of direction. And I realized that there are some of us who felt pretty lost before all of this got started. So when Jesus says to Thomas, I am the way, I am what's true, I am the life. What that says to me is that I think what Jesus is trying to offer to Thomas and and to me and to us by extension is that he's trying to reassure us that there is actually a way to follow him and find our way even when we have lost access to some of those more obvious or familiar signposts, our direction givers, which again are those typically more easily accessible, tangible um, sorts of things. Jesus wasn't trying to deny that that wasn't going to be there in the same way anymore. But what I find so interesting about what he's saying to the disciples is that maybe, in fact, in light of the loss of that sort of familiar or really tangible signpost, I think maybe what Jesus uh, was saying is that there was actually an opportunity for the disciples to learn to follow him in a way that they had not yet had the opportunity to learn which is, of course, through the Spirit. And Jesus seemed to believe that this wasn't just like some, you know, a different way of learning to follow him, but it was actually a more mature, a more fulfilling, ultimately, way of learning to follow him and live in the kingdom.
And so I've been sitting with that a lot these last several days, um, because while it may be true that we may not know really where we are with respect to our circumstances, we may be really uncertain about the future or um, where we're going to work or live or some of those questions. That does not mean that we are lost. That's what I have heard um, Jesus saying over me, what I believe he was saying over Thomas is, Thomas, just because you can't know me in the ways you've always known me doesn't mean that you can't know me, doesn't mean that you can't find me, and it doesn't mean that you're lost. You still have access to me, and therefore you cannot ever be lost. Um, I, uh, as I've been sitting with that sort of in prayer, what does that what does that mean for me actually? Well, here's here's one thing that it might mean um, for me and for you, is that I believe what the Lord is trying to get us to hear is that our circumstances actually don't ever determine the direction of our lives. Not really. Those things that are maybe most easy to see, easy to put our hands on, or to put on our profile, those things don't actually ever ultimately dictate the direction of our life any more than the car you choose to drive determines your destination. Uh, the car may drastically impact your experience of the journey, but it does not decide where you're going. That gets decided before you ever climb in. And there's a word of hope in that, I believe, a word of hope that Jesus intends to speak um, to the church, to those who are following Jesus, you are never lost. That's what I hear Jesus saying to them, um, to me, and I believe uh, to us. I was reminded um, of another moment in the Gospels. In Luke chapter 17, Jesus said this about the kingdom of heaven. He said, the kingdom of God is not coming with things that can be observed nor will they say, look, here it is, or there it is. For in fact, the kingdom of God is among you. It's within you. It's all around you. What Jesus was saying is that um, wherever you are, the kingdom of heaven is coming. How could you be lost? Why would you look for someone else to tell you where it is? And so I, I believe these words serve as a comfort. Because what that says to me practically is that if I will learn to look for God in my circumstances, no matter what they are, if I will um, cultivate an awareness of him at work, where I am, if I will just start my day looking for God in prayer, this is very practical. I start my day looking for God, praying, where are you at work, Lord? Help me to see you today. And then if out of that prayer, I'll move into my day looking for God at work and the people around me. And then even maybe more, especially looking for God in the things that bring me peace, and in my suffering, the things that really hurt, if I will learn to look at, for God in those things, which your no amount of change can ever take away from you. Nothing in this world can take away a mourning from you. Nothing in this world can take away your opportunity um, to look for God and what brings you peace or what makes you sad. That's something you will always have with you. Something you'll always have access to. Which therefore means, what I, if I hear Jesus saying what I think he's saying is that we cannot be lost. He is ultimately the destination of my life. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. He is the destination for my life, which means that everything else ultimately is an accessory. 
some of them very important, necessary accessories, but ultimately accessories. And I, I think maybe to put it most simply, that means that we ought not to confuse the car for the destination. They're not the same. As I was sitting in prayer and worshiping, I'll just leave you with this thought. Um, I was thinking about Moses or Moses came to mind as I was praying. And I don't know if you remember the story of Moses, but Moses, of course, is the one who led Israel through those 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. Before that, he spent 40 years as an exile in Midian after he was kicked out of Egypt, where he had lived all of his life up to that point as the adopted child of an Egyptian woman, he himself being a Hebrew. And so he was just always away from his home and away from family, someone who arguably was in many respects kind of always wandering, always adrift. I mean, he he literally is the man who was placed in a basket and sent to float, to drift downstream. And I've always, um, if you remember the story, of course, Moses dies before uh, Israel makes it to the promised land, so he never gets to see it, you know, the promised land being the great home of Israel. And I've always thought, Lord, gosh, that's kind of, what an injustice, you know, that Moses never got to see that or be there. And as I was thinking about him and praying, I, I believe I felt or heard the Lord say, do you pity Moses? You don't pity Moses or any person who walks with me because the person who walks with me is always at home. It's everyone else who wanders. And so I leave that with you and will say it over you. I hope that you will receive it as words from the Lord over your life. The person who walks with God is always at home. It's everyone else who wanders. You are not lost if you are with Jesus. Amen. God bless you.